is episode eight. I'm Brian Williams. And I'm Matt McCrory. Happy holidays, everybody. You bet. Hey, we're in that oddball window, Matt, between Christmas and New Year. And uh, you always see those memes and stuff where people put it online, like where time really doesn't matter. You don't know what day of the week it is. And I can tell you, I can certainly relate with that. I My sleep schedule is off. I've been covered in afterbirth and kind of riding the highs and lows of the fairwing time here in between Christmas and New Year. And I'll tell you, uh, I, there's times I think I would trade the hog operation for a hammock on a beach in Mexico, maybe. Yeah, well, you've said it at one time you wanted to boat someday. I am thinking I might be a boat guy. I might be. A, <laughs> if anybody, uh, feel free to to jump right into my DMs if you're interested in a very mediocre, self-started swine operation, and I will get started on that boat dream immediately. <laughs> you've seen those memes like, "Hey, some people go on vacation, but we have livestock." Right? That's right. That's, That's exactly, exactly how I feel, man. Yep. So yeah, me too. Hopefully, my wife doesn't catch on to that. I, uh, I'm. I think I might, in my old age, retire to somewhere where it's senoritas and margaritas, as far as the eye can see, and I can just hang out on my boat, work on my tan. Hey, there, there you go. Hey, we can wear some of those long uh, sun shirts. You know, that's right. Because you know, it will, just, I can we're, guarantee we're it. older and we're really trying to health conscious with our skin and stuff like that's that. That's right. It's certainly not that we're embarrassed or trying to. Uh... <laughs> In my mind, I still look like I'm 23, but I know I don't. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you have any big New Year's plans? Go I, go watch I, am, uh, I am one of those downers that thinks that the New Year's Eve is the worst holiday ever invented. Like it's so, it's like prom. Guys, mm. hey, juniors in high school, sophomores in high school, oh. if you want any advice, like prom's not a big deal. Like you're gonna, you are going to think, oh my gosh, it's gonna be the most spectacular night of my life. Things are gonna happen that are just absolutely amazing. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna be a letdown. To me, every New Year's Eve is a letdown. All I do on New Year's Day is set some goals for the upcoming year and eat some black-eyed peas, my friend. Mm, that's right. Got to have the black-eyed peas ring in the New Year. I agree, Matt. And when I was a young man, I enjoyed New Year's Eve. Did I, you? Uh, have a good time. Uh, a group of my friends, we'd always get together. In fact, did it well into our adult life and would bring eventually uh, would bring all of our kids. And the kids would all play and we'd sit around and tell the same stories uh, that we had told the previous year, the 20 years prior to that. And, uh, but in my old age, um, I like to sit in my comfy chair and plan on not being awake to see the new year happen. Me too. Me yeah. too. Those are the best nights. Those are the best I, nights. I also agree with you on prom. At some point we have to, when it comes prom time, we might have to dedicate a little bit of an episode to talk about prom and prom experiences. As for our female listening audience, prom probably was spectacular, magical, and something to be looked forward to. I can just speak from the male perspective and tell you what a silly waste of resources that was. Uh, I also have some incredibly good Williams luck stories about my prom going experience uh, or experiences when I was young. 
and it started early. I, it, I would like to say it was just one prom. Uh, I went, unfortunately, my uh, total lack of interest in prom meant that somehow I got wrangled into going to, I think, I, I can't tell you the number. I think over the course of my high school duration, I think I went to seven proms. Oh my goodness. Seven or eight different proms. Um, Hopefully you didn't have to rent a hundred dollar tux for every one of those. Oddly enough. Yes, I did, Matt. I did. Um, <laughs> well, now kids are going in suits. They're going. Oh in yeah. You jeans. just, I, you know, like, and, and, where, why didn't we have that insight and like, Oh my gosh, I can just wear whatever I want to this thing. Where were our parents when like now you go to JC Pitties or wherever I, I this is an example and you go buy it for a hundred bucks. You buy a suit and yeah. you wear to every problem you go to. Yeah. And maybe you go buy a different tie that matches yep. the dress. Yeah, but you have one suit. You don't go have to rent a stupid tuxedo. And back then, you know, if you had a problem this week and a problem the next weekend, which I had that instance occur twice, I think, where I had to go this problem and then a week later I had to go to another problem. I had to rent two different tuxes. Like I couldn't just say, okay, well, I'll pay an extra five bucks and I'll just hold that one over, you know. No, different one every time. Now mm-hmm. I will also tell you, Matt, and I'll I won't tell the whole story, but I once had to buy a tuxedo that was ruined. <laughs> um, was that in college? That was in high school. Oh, really? I will tell the quick version. I will tell the quick version. My senior year, um, I had asked a young lady to go to prom, uh, and and I remember her being very attractive. Very tan, very attractive. She, We didn't go to school together. She's from a neighboring town. And at that point in my life, um, I had sold, I, I drove a Mustang. I had sold my Mustang. I was getting ready to buy a truck to go to college, but I didn't have anything bought yet. And I was just driving our old Chevy. It was about a 1977 Chevy, one ton with a, with a flatbed on it. That was our chore truck. And that's what I drove probably the second half of my senior year while I was waiting to get it saving up for a truck to go to college but it was a typical north missouri farm truck the floorboards were rusted out the Mm -hmm. windshield was cracked it was had big holes in the cab corners it was perpetually muddy and gross and covered in various states of afterbirth and manure and had a back then when my dad had me we didn't have big round bales we had square bales yeah Uh, because there's if you got a teenage boy there's no reason to have round bales around baler you have you have free labor for square bales but the whole the the, there was remnants of hay and stuff on that flatbed that you you couldn't get them off there with a power washer they were fossilized in place yeah and you know it leaked oil so long story short i decided i wanted to impress this young lady um so I talked my dad into, I would pay for it, but I was too young to rent a car. Just, just go rent. I'll, I'll pay for everything, but I, I have to have you rent. Boy, Matt, it would have been cheaper to take a limo. I'm here. It might've been cheaper to buy a limo by the time this was all over. Um, I went and picked my date up who she lived in a very nice part of town and I'm kind of a hick hillbilly country kid. Her parents were not always super impressed with me anyway take pictures in the front yard, do the prom thing. You know, back then it wasn't, you couldn't put stuff on social media. So every aunt, every uncle, every neighbor, there's probably 45 people in this girl's front yard, seeing us off. Everybody's waving. And I'll always remember she had a white 
sequin dress. It was very shimmery in the, in the, in the sunlight. I was very impressed with it. We get two blocks from her house and a guy ran a stop sign and hit us head on. Oh my gosh. Totaling the rental car, destroying her dress, my tuxedo. It broke her nose and her wrist. But when it broke her nose, she bled from her nose profusely all down the front of her snow white sequin white dress. Oh my. It I had my jacket on and it immediately ripped both of the sleeves of my jacket out of my jacket. <laughs> I also bloodied my nose and knocked a tooth out. So I bled all down the front of my tux top. And we waited for the tow truck. And back then you didn't have a cell phone. So somebody that knew her called her parents. Here her parents came down to rescue us. They took her to the hospital while I waited on my dad, whose last words to me were not, have a great time, son. Enjoy your prom. I'm rooting for you. This is going to be a great time. His last words were, for God's sake, don't crash that car. <laughs> my dad got there, picked me up. Went and got my date in the hospital and drove us to prom. Oh, she still went. She still went. Now, we did complete our evening together at prom. Um, we didn't talk much after that. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, we, he came and picked us up in the 70 something Chevy pickup with holes in the floorboard and a bell bed. Um, we had to move tigers and spit cups and wire cutters and stuff and wrenches out of the seat to get her single cap. So we have to like, she has to get mm -hmm. in. Scoot, uh, yeah. I can picture the whole thing. Yeah. Delivered us prom. We got there in just enough time, you know, that, that probably they do the like senior wheels and prophecies, that kind of stuff. And then it's kind of not very, about two more dances and it's done. We, we attended about 20 minutes, maybe 22 minutes of that prom. And uh, we loaded back in the truck. Uh, my We drove to her house and dropped her off. Where I got out, walked her to her door and said, hey, you know, had a great time. She goes, I did not have a great time. <laughs> I, I, those were not her exact words. Her, I, I was also a little awkward because her dad was there at the door. Um, and made sure to let me know. That he had also not enjoyed the evening. <laughs> now, just so I know and make sure I heard this correctly, it was not your fault they got the car exit. No, right? actually, I will tell you it was not my fault, but he ran the stop sign and hit us head on as we were going around. We had the right of way. We were on the same road. He was on a separate road that just happened to line up with the road we were on. Kind of a weird Missouri intersection type situation. Yeah. As we are wont to do here in Missouri, we don't really think about how we design roads we just go looks like a road kind of ought to follow that hill around there the everybody in the world uh that was a part of that activity uh would would like to have had some money to reimburse them for um rental cars tuxedos and the whole works i, I we got the car taken care of but I did have to pay, and I I think that tuxedo I I'll, I I I hundred percent remember how much it was. It was eight hundred and oh my gosh, 
like 836 bucks is what I Oh my goodness. That's a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I would like to say that that must've been like an Armani tuxedo or something. I can guarantee it was not, it was probably something they bought at Walmart and pressed once, but it was expensive when you had to reimburse the rental company for it. Wow. Well, I am sorry. That's that beats my, we ran out of gas. My freshman year story. Man, I cannot believe you ran out of gas. It wasn't me. It was my date. It was my date. Yes. Yes. Maybe that like, uh, I, uh, listeners, I am one that uh, likes to go till zero to empty. Uh, I can see how far we can go. And the other day, my gas gauge fooled me because I ran out and it was five miles till empty. And I was very disappointed in the old Ford Ford F-150. I was like, you let me down. (laughs) You let me down. I was counting on five more miles. And here I am calling somebody on the side of the road. So thank you, Ford F-150, for giving me the non-five more miles. But uh, she actually ran out, ran out of gas on the way there. We just passed the gas station. Um, it was pouring down rain. And I and my 14-year-old self had to get out of the car and it's a small town. So everybody knew me, everybody knew my dad, you know, I go to a house that I didn't know who lived there, but I actually knew the people that lived there. They said they had a half a gallon of gas that, uh, I put in the car. We went back to the gas station, put more gas in it. Um, after we had just eaten at uh, Ponderosa steakhouse. Uh, right. so yeah, Nothing but the best at prom. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, I still wish Ponderosa Steakhouses were around and more prominent because those chicken wings, oh man, it was the best deal ever for a high school kid, I think. I just remember Ponderosa Steakhouse, the grill marks. Oh yeah. Checkerboard grill mark on Mm -hmm. the steaks. The steaks probably were not high quality, but they looked pretty. They looked Yeah. Uh, when you're in line, you're like, man, I really want a steak. Or I could just get the salad bar with the I, – I very rarely got the steak, I'll be honest with you. I, well, I, those chicken wings and uh, salad and ice cream usually oh, filled yeah. me up pretty good, my man. Yep, that's right. Hey, well, this will be a shorter episode today. However, it's a good one. And we have reached out to a good friend of ours named Chad Hill, and he owns a boar stud in – Lubbock, Texas, and he has gone on really well in Texas majors and national shows along the along the nation, and he uh, provides some really qu- high quality Durox, some Chesters, and some Spots, and he's doing some really good things. And uh, this is a guy I respect a whole lot. As we talk to him, man, we can we really see hogs the same way as far as get putting the skeleton there and then just packing as much power and mass and dimension on those things as possible and it's it's a guy that i've been looking forward to talk to and uh i think we're in for a treat today brian man i'm pretty excited matt to get chad on here super good guy and obviously a guy that knows what he's doing in terms of creating those boars and putting boars together for a boar stud you know we're going to hear him talk a little bit i think about a chester boar uh, that uh, had a major impact in the Chester uh, industry and still has a lot of hogs out there that have that particular board and, the, and their pedigree. And so I'm excited to hear what Chad has to say about, you know, some of those boards. He's going to kind of uh, take over our Who's Your Daddy segment today. And so I'm excited about that. He might even get to tell us a little bit about 
some of the best ones he's seen. And that always gets you and I going in terms of getting excited about livestock and, and pretty pumped up to hear those stories. Chad, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. Good to be on. Well, hey, man, uh, good to have you on. Uh, if you could just go over just a couple of, couple of minutes here, a couple of seconds, of how you got into it, where you are, and how people can find you to locate you for some boars um, to use you this, this upcoming season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chad Hill, uh, my wife, Misty, and myself own and operate Chad Hill Durox and Hill Boar Stud. Uh, well, about 45 to 50 sows in production. And then with that, we've got uh, 15 to 20 uh, boars on stud. Uh, we're here in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I was born in Littlefield, just right outside of Lubbock here. So uh, kind of been here our, our whole life. I went to uh, South Plains College out of high school, judge there, and then uh, transferred to Angelo State down at San Angelo. So uh, been in the hog business all my life. Uh, third generation type deal. So uh, the Red Hogs have been been with us for a long time. My uncle Luther uh, raised Red Hogs from oh probably the the sixties. So uh, been around Red Hogs my whole life, and I guess that's probably where I got the love of the Red Hogs. We we've got we've got Deerock, Spots, and Chester's uh, here here at the farm and that's kind of what we concentrate on in in terms of sow wise now correct me if i'm wrong misty really likes the chesters is that correct yeah misty brought the chesters to the to the uh relationship i'm kind of an old bachelor i didn't we i didn't get married until i was uh 41 42 and uh misty uh brought chesters to the operation which they're pretty close to Yorkshire's in terms of being vocal. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, with uh, the Chester deal has been really good to us. Uh, uh, but yeah, she did bring, she did. She loves the Chester's. You don't, you don't have to ask a Chester if they want to eat, they'll tell you. <laughs> it don't, I mean, them things can hear a five gallon bucket rattle from a mile away. I think. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> we have an old rickety gate at our place and, we have an old Chester sow that won the state fair a few years ago. And by golly, like about every third time I feed, I'm, I stop at the fairing house before I go over to this, feed the sows at the lot. And she, she greets me. She breaks out she's oh, yeah. every time. I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like Penny, just, just hold on five minutes. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. So, well, I can't wait to talk about some boars with you, buddy. One a website that I've been on many times is Chad Hill Durox, and um, I am on it all the time. And uh, I've went to you, and I used you for a lot of up on blocks. And I know some Jack in the Box has been something that we've used a lot in the past as well. But you have some other boars that you want to talk to us about today. Um, and I'm going to pull them up here. Um, what boars are you kind of wanting to go over today in our uh, Who's Your Daddy segment, my man? Oh, we'll start with that unicorn boar. He's a spot boar. Oh, man, he hit me hard. Yep. I uh, I judged a, a jackpot show early December, I think, at Loy Lake, which is over by Denison. And uh, that unicorn boar probably weighed 
I don't know, maybe, maybe hundred, hundred and a quarter then. We've we've got an we've got a deal down here in Texas where boars can't or those boars can't weigh over 150. If over 150, you can't show them in jackpot deal. Okay. So he had to be he had to be under 150. But um, that thing was just 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 freaky. I mean, I I used him for reserve reserve uh, uh, dark OPB, and a lot of guys say, well, why didn't you use him for for champion? And I was like, he was so big legged. A man could call him coarse if you wanted to. I mean, yep. he was just he was just big. And then uh, the guilt that I used to win that day was was equally as good. And and I uh, somebody just told me last month or something she ended up being top end at San Antonio, so that made me feel better anyway. Yep. So uh, this unicorn boar was showed five or six times, and I think that. Uh, Ethan, that boy that raised him, I think he got up by five buckles or five or six buckles on this hog as a as a prospect, as a weanling. Anywho, so I tried to buy this hog there in December, and I couldn't get it done. And I tried in January, couldn't get it done. Tried in February, couldn't get it done. And uh, he said he wanted to take him to Belton. I said that's fine. I'll I'll go to Belton. And uh, he was pretty popular because I think we ended up paying sixteen thousand for him or something like that, which is a lot of money for us. I mean, it's we we try to operate out of pocket, so uh, I don't have a big budget to spend on boards. But I, he just hit me so hard, and that's kind of what we've been looking for for the last you know couple years is is kind of what he brought to the table in terms of bone and and rib and in a in a sound functional package mm -hmm. and I, I thought that was what was impressive of him because he was he was his angles was extremely good for as much power as he had mm -hmm. and we had been running into some issues in, in the spot deal with that shoulder set uh getting a little too far forward and getting a little too far out there and uh i told misty i said this is what i've been looking for we got to buy him. And, and, and she said, if that's the one buying, of course, she probably didn't think he's going to be $16,000 worth, but that's a good woman uh, right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and when I got, got him home, uh, she didn't say you're an idiot. So, uh, <laughs> she's never been. said that, has she? No, no. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, this, I mean, this boar sold out every collection. I mean, he was, he was popular and, uh, and made his money back pretty quick on Good. that on that deal. But uh, more impressively, we got a, a customer reports are extremely good, uh, and and quite a few boar prospects out there. I think we've got four on feed. No um, Larry Hybert up there in, in Illinois has got about three or four uh, that he sent me pictures on the other day, and 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 Miles had been by there and looked at them and. Uh, there's a couple in there that, uh, is extremely good. Uh, Zimmerman's got a boar on, on feed. That's, that's supposed to be pretty good. So, and then there's some, there's some bears and some gills out there hitting on the jackpot deal too. So, uh, cross your fingers and hope everything works like it's supposed to, I think we'll be, we'll be all right. And, and, and with its hogs on feed. You know, as so, I scroll down a little bit and just look at some different angles and some yeah. different pictures, like he is pretty good fronted 
for one that's that stout yeah. and just super opened up and wide pin and square it looks like as well, well that's he, what i was getting ready to say that rear view of him he just i i tell you big. what I, I tell you what he he puts about a square hip in one i mean nearly freaky square uh as in in the 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 pigs i see the the pictures i get they're all the same hip and uh, uh i mean that's he's stamping them uh in in terms of just truly square hipped uh and you're right i mean you know when we first got him uh the the at belton he was a little soggy footed i'm, I'm not gonna say it. i mean he was he's not it's not impairing his movement, but uh, majority, I think, of all these hogs that we've kept are he's they're they're good up on their pasture. And so I don't, uh, you know, if a man was going to say where to protect him, I'd say probably don't take him to a squishy footed one. But how moderate is he? Uh, probably still walk underneath his desk. I mean, he's okay. he's uh, he's moderate, but. Uh, our sows were a little on the bigger side. Yep. So, but, but the, these, like these boars that were feeding out and this group of gilts that we got on the feeding floor, uh, you, you would call them probably a six, maybe uh -huh. or seven. Well, they're, the they're not... I ask is, you know, from what I see as an outsider looking in, I've tried to get the spot deal for a while and just haven't got in because I just think they're good hogs. And one thing I've seen is, you know, there's a lot of bigger frame sows. They're framier sows. And I think he would he would do a lot of good. And one thing that I've seen is you get a lot of frame size, but you're also getting some of them that are real high topped, you know, and, and maybe that's because the angle of their front shoulder set and things like that. So I think he could be one that could correct a lot of issues there and moderate some bigger sows and open them up and square them up as well. I love that guy's blade and his bone. Like, just so, so cool in terms of the way that he's assembled to have that much mass on him and still be kind of put together the way he is in terms of, and I, and like you talked about a big old square hip, man, he's, he's neat there for sure. And Chad, that's yeah, a good one. You got, you got four thumbs up from the beards and banners crew. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. What's up? What's the other one you want to go in? Our uh, that uh, that Billy Bob Chester boar has got me excited. Uh, he's a he's a boar that we bought from Clay Pruitt at Duncan as a weanling, and uh, so he's a Delta. And let me think here. He's a Delta, Delta Lockwood. Lockwood. So yeah. the Lockwood sow is the litter mate to Slushy. Boar oh. that was that was that uh, front line, and I guess is now at Tanner Winters at, mm. at uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, pester hogs that you can feed on. I mean, they're 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 not diluters, and and when I say that is it seems like in the Chester breed, muscle sometimes is their enemy, and in uh, this guy, I think that you can. Uh, you can feed on those hogs aggressively and not get bound up or not get uh, short strided. Uh, he, I mean, I, I, he's my kind of hog, big center, big ribbed, yeah. a little fatter skulled. He's, he's not the typical, uh, you know, jet fronted Chester, but. Uh, he still looks good there. He, he looks yeah, he like he could produce some hellacious <laughs> females. 
Man. He's got he's got good extension the front end. Yeah, uh, he's just not weasel headed. I'm gonna I mean, say blade, a, blade forward. That dude has a lot of extension. Really, yeah, he, he is. He is. He is good neck. Uh, and and head carriage it comes out of his blade extremely good. Uh, I would probably take him to a little bit more attractive sow and, and get kind of meet in the middle there. But uh, for us, probably Chester wise. In terms of those, in in terms of feeling good about those kiddos buying those hogs and taking them home and being able just to to feed a hog, I I think they he's he's probably going to do more good for us than than anything has in the last couple of years. You know his angles that rear hawk look really good. That that blade set right, and man, I just think that you make females that kind of have the attributes that he does. You're going to go a long way in that Chester deal. Yeah, we've got a we we kept back a, a Billy Bob uh, boar prospect that I'm pretty excited about too, and uh, he he's he's done us a good job, and and I think he's going to continue to to do us a good job, and hopefully cross your fingers everything clicks. Maybe there's be something surface out of that deal. He's awesome. Real quick, uh, you know, while we're talking about this Chester deal, I I can't help but ask you. You had one of the most elite Chester boards of all time, Jack in the Box. How did that thing come around? Or how did it come about? And also, when did you know you have something special? Uh, I've seen Jack in the Box when he was a little pig, probably 75 pounds, on the wire at Russell Kinesi's. We went to a pig sale down there at uh, Fredericksburg. Gillespie County Swine Breeders, and they invited us down there. We got to know Russell pretty good, and uh, he got us in that pig sale, and we were down there. And uh, we went by his farm just looking at hog, and there was this little, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was 26.3. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Russell's place, but everything everything pretty well is on, on raised decks. I mean, he don't. Uh, doesn't have the time or the labor to put everything on chips. So a lot of those hogs come off wire. And uh, this pig was, this jack-in-the-box was was packed in this, I don't know, it was probably a 5 by 10 or might have been a 5 by 7 deck. And his body was so good, but his his head and neck was freaky it was just it, he was so good there in terms of uh, as, as a little pig uh head and neck carriage was unreal i mean it, it looked like a little barracuda or something i don't know what it was i mean it just he just had that different look one of those that sticks with you for sure i bet yeah yeah it'd be one of those that, i mean i still i still can picture him today so i mean mm -hmm. and that's been what five six years ago I don't remember if, if I tried to buy him in or if Russell didn't want to sell him in. I can't exactly remember. But uh, when he got bigger, Russell had called and said some some guys were coming down to look at him. So if we wanted to look at him, we better get down there. So we jumped in the truck and got down there and and got him bought. And and uh, he wasn't treat cheap, but he wasn't big money. I mm -hmm. mean. But uh, we got we got him home, and and the right guys come to look at him, 
and 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 having Russell behind the deal helped us tremendously yeah. there, uh, just because the 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 status that Russell has in the Chester deal. So he he probably helped us out in terms of selling them as much semen as 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 we did because I think that might have been short of deadlocked. I think that was the second tester board we really bought. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, a few of those local guys come out, uh, and and I tell you, the first one that came out was Will Winter. He come out and looked at him, and and uh, thanks to Will because after that it just kind of snowballed. Mm -hmm. I mean the 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 word spread and uh got put in the right females like i said earlier he got put in the right females and and uh made a lot of good holes well i know that was one of the things that that you said before we started recording that stuck with me is you know you can have great boars but you got to get them put on great females and i know that's a board that got put on some elite chester females yeah, yeah. And he didn't, I'm not going to say he worked on everything. <clears throat> he, uh, he was a little tired of ribs, so you had to take him to a little bit of chunk, but, but it did. I mean, once, once they got lined up, it was, it was a good deal. And, and like I said earlier, I mean, you, you're still seeing, uh, the influence of that jack and box on the South side, uh, even today. So, oh, yeah. There's a lot of those Chester pedigrees. I feel like that he's in there on the, a lot of it on the mama's side, you know, in terms of where you see that guy, but you still see him on a lot of Chester pedigrees. Yeah, I remember I had a guilt that they were a little bit slower starters for us. They didn't wean really good for us. And and uh, anyway, we had a we put her on an online sale two times, took her to another sale another time, and no sailed in three sales. And I believed in this one so much. I sent her to the lady over in Oklahoma and I said, Hey, just would you just take this one? Because I just think she's so good. And she ended up getting third overall at Expo. And she no sailed three times. Like people <laughs> had the opportunity to buy her three times and they didn't do it. And anyway, yeah. just kind of a funny story. But I remember they kind of started ours started a little slow, but boy. They really grew once they, once they started growing into themselves, they had such a tremendous look and running gear. They really got along pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably the ticket. I mean, he was a little greener muscle. Uh -huh. so I think, uh, I think, you know, the, the chunkier side you take to. Hell, he's still, he's still at least once a day out there in the pen. He, he's still, uh, we've got some frozen semen on him. And uh, oh, so he's still around? Yeah, he's right out there in the right out there in the bore pens, and uh, he uh, he likes to ride the fence every day, so it uh, the semen quality is pretty thin. Uh huh. But uh, uh, I got some frozen uh, about a year ago. He had a bad foot, and I guess that deterred him from riding the fence. Uh huh. And uh, and I could get good semen out of him, so I got sent some in to get frozen. I think Russell's got some frozen on him, but. Uh, yeah, shit, he's still out there. Russell said, don't get rid of that boy. I said, oh, he'll die here. I ain't going to haul him off. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll plant him in, in the front yard under the tree or something. But, yep. uh, yeah, he's still sound as a cat. I get him out every once in a while. and He's, he's still impressive as, a, as an old boy. Oh, I bet How old is he now? Would he, would, he, would he be like five, Chad? Yeah, probably so. I don't remember exactly. Now we kind of transition into the uh, 
red boars. I, I want to start by giving a little bit of a highlight. It's like you have a wrecking ball boar that had the champion Duroc OIE, the fourth overall Duroc Arizona and reserve champion overall at uh, Williamson County. And then Grand Master, one of my favorite boars you've had on stud, champion Duroc Bear at Houston Livestock Show. I've always liked the look and uh, just the the front end and that muscle of the grandstand boar. And, but you have one that you'd like to talk to us about today called might've been. Well, tell us about him. Yeah. The, 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 the might've been is, is a new boar that, uh, uh we got, uh, Heimer had a, a, a boar sale this summer. Uh, and we, we was, we was looking at a few of those boars on there and ended up with the, with the might've been boar. And, uh, so he's a step aside out of one of the 318 sows. I guess there's a there's a two or three of those 318 litter sows that that uh, Jesse's got that's kind of that's that that you that's been generating, I guess. I mean they're they're older sows, but uh, if they've got that 318 in their pedigree, they're they're probably pretty good hogs. Yep. We we uh we took this I took uh this boar because we we were kind of running into just a little bit of issue with shoulder set on Grandmaster uh, makes them extremely powerful. I mean they're they're big legged power hogs, but they get a little upright in their shoulder. So I, I told Jesse I just need to I need to fix that shoulder set a little bit on some of these females, and uh, he steered me in the right direction. We we took this born bred into to every red sow we had this spring there. No kidding for these these winter pigs or whatever you want to call them and uh what we see we've got a group in the nursery that look extremely well and uh we're having some more litters hit the ground every day out of him and uh uh he is he is probably a little bit more moderate than what what he looks like in that picture he's a little uh i would say he's just a little bit shorter strided or shorter sided than than what what he is in this picture he's He's, he's, uh, he's got the look, I don't want to say like a deal with it look, but he's got a, he's got a different look than just your run of the middle deer rock boar. He looks uh, like a barrel maker to me. Like that's my read on him is like that. He looks like he ought to throw some of them real kind of bold bodied, still good looking, good jointed barrels. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, uh, head and neck carriage extremely good. He's got that cool look uh, up front. Uh, the babies seem to have sit, still have that same same kind of look up front. Uh, more importantly, that shoulder set is 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 where it needs to be, and that's kind of what I was looking for there. But uh, uh, big old root of a tail sticking up there on his hip. We're we're excited. I mean, we're uh, like I said, I I threw caution to the wind. I figured. If if I was going to tell what he worked on, the best way to do it is breed him to every red we got. So that's Absolutely. what we did this this last thing. But uh, got him in some some pretty good styles. Uh, some guys bought some statement on, so I'm kind of excited about that too. I think Ooh. there could be something shake out on that deal. But uh, uh, you know, we we typically kind of do in house on the reds most most of the time. You know, we the the masterpiece board that we bought from Brock Herring did us an extremely good job and he made grandmaster and then grandma we've got three or four sons out of grandmaster and 
that uh, red bear that won Houston for us two years ago, I think it was 2022, uh, was a grandmaster. And he's, he's probably as closest to the best one we've raised probably uh, ever, I guess. I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, it's, we've been in the business long enough that times have changed on us uh, from, from big muscle dry centered ones to, to, to now I kind of like where we're at now in terms of putting a little bit more center body in these hogs and, and uh, you know, feeding on them instead of sucking them up. But uh, yep. I, I thought that Houston bear was, was pretty good. And he was a grandmaster. He was, he was not a skinny, narrow eyed little baby. I mean, he was, he probably wasn't for everybody, but uh, uh, he was, he was big legged, big ribbed and big headed as a little pig. Yep. And, and, and I guess I've, I've, I've kind of got a, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think there's there's two sides to the red hog deal when when guys go to pick to pick prospects out, and uh, a, a lot of times they want to pick those little skinny green ones. And uh, uh, for me, I've always kind of been uh, the philosophy where I, I want a little bit of something to my little little babies in terms of rib and and, and muscle and yep. You know, if if you can get those skinny ones bulked up enough by the, by the end you're probably ahead of me but i always kind of like to start with a little bit of sauna yep i agree i think it's it's easier to start with a foundation that's got a little oomph to it versus hoping that you get there I yeah know. yeah i like this guy quite a bit he was one that <laughs> i guess in my mind on the red hog deal always has stuck out to me a little bit yeah i, I mean he uh uh, he took a good picture and, and you can't, yeah, I mean, you could probably kind of see a little bit in there in, in terms of uh, a front knee wants to get a little straighter on him there. And that's just, I mean, I'm, you know, what I figured is, is if, if I'm honest with my customers and they use him in the right spot, then, then we're, we're ahead of the game. And that's just what I tell everybody. Just watch him on, on, on the, on the shoulder set. If your style's good there, you, you, you'll, you'll love them because they'll look different. I mean, They'll they'll be stout on the style. They'll be stout in the nursery. You can pick them out in the nursery. You're just walking through there. I mean, it, it they're they're just extremely stout. You just got to watch his shoulder set. He yeah. he looks like he's got so many extras in terms of look and just muscular. He, he does up top up high. He's uh even today. I mean, if you went out there in the, in the boar pens and and he come up to you, uh. You're probably not going to find a red bull with that kind of top shape. Uh, it, you know, in, in fact, I kind of had my fingers crossed that when the when the the stress status come back on him. I didn't know how he could be, but he's big muscle. I mean, he's crossbred muscle. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just a big old square top in him mm -hmm. uh, with a big ditch down it. And then that's that's a lot of red guys come to the farm and look and man, that thing has got is so square top. Got got a got a big big loin eyes in him and and i think you know that's kind of what we've kind of of course we've been in the show in the show bear business forever and it takes a little bit of that but uh, some some of those red hogs you get a little bit rounder popped or for sure you know not not as crisp in her loin but but this guy is he's uh, i seen him the other day and uh he actually i probably shouldn't be telling the story but him and 
uh, grandstand or side by side, and I don't know which one did, but one of them broke the pan or one of the rungs of the panel and got together. And I was like, uh, both of them come out, and neither one of them uh, killed one another. So Man, uh, that's that's good. But, that's good luck. There, that's yeah, not always that's how those luck. stories end. Yeah, like, you that's usually when you lose both of them. And yeah. <laughs> usually when that happens, one of them's going to die. But yeah, uh, so I put him to the stress test again there. Yeah. So, uh, but he's he's an impressive older board to look at. I mean, his 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 feet are his legs are huge. His toes are just big, fat, square, and uh, more importantly, his his blade and his top is just just massive. Yeah, what do those things look like going away? Oh, they look good. They look good. He's uh, uh that that's one thing that uh you know we I guess as a Duroc breed we struggle on, but I've never I I've from from whenever we were or you know in the in the mid nineties when we really kind of got into the hog or breeding ourselves or or got out of school to where we could gather up some sows and stuff, we just I just always felt, man, that hind leg better be right. Uh-huh. And uh and you know you 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 see a lot of those reds that hop in a little bit, and uh, I, I think some of that come from some of those uh, commercial guys that uh, uh, you know they 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 didn't mind that a little bit because I think yep. them hogs got up and down in confinement a little bit better. Yep. And uh, but in the show ring deal, I mean it's about a a split second. Uh, when you come out of that gate and, and you chest and side and go away, you better be pretty true to the ground. For sure. And uh, especially down in Texas majors, right? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a lot of uh, preparation or it's a lot of building up to about a, a three second look and then yeah. you're in or you're out. I mean, yeah, that's right. It, it's kind of depressing if you really think about it. You spend all that time <laughs> getting that thing ready, and in about two seconds, somebody's going to tell you either pin or truck one or two. Yep. Yep. Um, hey, I so, got a question for you because I've never, we've never experienced that. Like every holding gate we always go to goes to the ring here down in Missouri and up here in Missouri. So I got I got a question for you. What's your thoughts on that SIF deal in terms of it must be necessary with the sheer numbers that you got, but would you like to see it have more numbers that make the, the arena, make the ring, or or do you think it's about where it is? No, I think I think for the way the the number of hogs that we have and uh we're terminal, so they're gonna go on a truck uh regardless but i think i think it's just easier for us in, in terms of, of working through the numbers uh i mean you're still seeing every hog you're just you're in you're either in or you're out uh and and they they feel i mean each each class pretty well everywhere you go to is gonna gonna pin back you know 10 or 15 deep so pretty good uh, yeah and and you you can either get pinned directly. Uh, the second the the second judge can still catch you and and stick you in what we call the dead sea, or you you go directly to the to the packer truck. So uh, there's there's two guys looking at them hogs, and I think for for our numbers, I think it's probably the easiest or the most efficient sort, I guess. 
you think they're they ever miss one, or do you think pretty much if one's gonna have a shot to win it, it's gonna be seen? Well, and, I, and you know that's why I like the two man system. Yep. Because because if your lead guy does uh, miss one, and in, 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 uh I mean I've judged shows before. I mean, and you're talking about you're talking about. 75 to 90 in a class i mean there could be a there could be a, a way to miss one but that's i think that's why it's important for that second guy the second the the what word if you want to call him backup judge or so mm -hmm. so your your main guy will be designated for that breed the guy in the second pen is 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 uh is the other judge so he's gonna I, i've seen it and and I've, I've had it happen on my nephews uh, when they were showing is is that second guy catch you and stick you in the Dead Sea and uh heck you come out win a class or second in a class. No I mean that's just yeah. I I think the the thing is for those guys, those judges to to be open minded enough and not get arrogant enough that mm -hmm. that uh oh I missed that one. We're not gonna stick him up there. You know what I'm saying? I mean it's yeah. Maybe, maybe that maybe that kid didn't get him towed right right out of the rattle of the box, or or maybe took a bad step, or or whatever it is. I I and I I, I like that two man system for that reason. Yeah, for sure. Where I mean, like I said, I mean we're all terminal, so you're not going back to the pen. Yeah. Un, un, unless unless you were, I think maybe top two or something like that. And some of those classes look pretty big. There there'd be. There'll be 75 to 90 heads, so we don't have the ring space or the pin space to hold everybody in yeah. going one at a time. I was going to say it's, you know, for us, of course, like Matt said, for us, it's a little foreign, but having seen it, and like we, we talked about earlier, man, I'd I'd love to get down there. It's one I've never been to. I'd love to get to San Antonio and watch that show and all that kind of stuff, but just judging a few jackpots down there, the sheer number, the volume of hogs that go through the ring over the course of a show. I don't know that, I don't know that there's a better way to do it or a better system, you know, other than, you know, some of them are just going to have to sift out to get down to where it's manageable in the ring uh, to get hogs sorted. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's made things a lot easier when we went to the waves and when we went to a two man system, uh, there wasn't long ago that all breeds went at the same time and uh, we didn't have any more pins than what we have today. And you were stacked in, oh, so say those WW pins, what are they, a six by six? Yeah. There'll be, there'll be three, there'll be three hogs in in a pen and i'm not just saying loose hogs they'd, they'd be a hog a slip panel a hog a slip panel a hog yep. so you would have physically before they invented the the dividers that had two that had two gates yeah. you had to back you had to back them in there oh my and, gosh uh, yeah so it just has made so much it's made some things so much easier when we went to two waves and we went to a two two man judging deal Oh, I bet. I bet. So when they do those waves, and this is this is again a, a question that probably sounds dumb. When they do them, when they do those waves, so like do them the breeds that are in that first wave, then do they that you hold them over then and then the next wave of hogs comes in for the and do the grand drive there at the end? 
Well, the 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 only hogs that will stay over are, are your champions and maybe your divisions. That's what I was. So, so uh, they'll have a designated area where those hogs stay on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and and then your your second wave comes in. That's what I thought. That's kind of how I thought they did it. But but you know that'd be, and then I would think that that would present another issue. Like if you were if you were one of them that first wave group and you get held back and okay now we got another you know three days we gotta kind of keep this thing looking good and fresh yeah, and yeah. In. They, uh, they'll give you five more pounds i think those that that, that hold over get 15 pound way back mm-hmm. uh, uh you know when you show it's 10 but i think they give them a, an extra five yeah but uh i mean you're you're right i mean it's uh hard to hold one together or get one right one time, much less two times. But, You're right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> normally, them hogs are laying over there are pretty good. They're going to look right. They're going to look good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I always joke, and, and I'm the world's worst. Matt knows this. I say it like, I'm the world's worst red hog feeder because usually I have them dialed in, and, man, we get on the trailer to go somewhere. I'm like, oh, buddy, this one's pretty good, and usually in the next 48 hours, which is about the time that I need him to look good at the show. We're on the downhill slide and uh, he's, he's limping around or he's got tight or he's hollowed out, you know, or whatever. Yeah, they always yeah. look good getting on the trailer. It's just going in the ring. I can't figure out how to get those red ones dialed in quite right. So I can't imagine then having to do it, try to do it again. Cause I can't do it right. The first time. <laughs> Before we started recording, we uh, were talking about some of the best ones we ever saw. And anytime we, bring a guy on or a lady on to talk about the livestock industry. We like to hear from them and see what the best ones they ever saw. And Chad, you mentioned a barrow that really hit you hard here a couple of years ago. Can you tell us about that barrow? Yeah, it was a, it was a bear at San Antonio. It was probably, it's probably more like five or four, oh, four or five years ago. It was a bear that Jason Lackey was hauling, hauled to San Antonio. It was his oldest boys. Might have been his first or second year show at San Antonio. And uh, I was classifying uh, the Hampshire hogs that year and, and, th- and that hog come through. And uh, when when we classify those hogs, they, they come from the, the judge's initial sort and then they come into a little, probably a 10 by 10 a holding pen that we classify them and then from classifying they go they get their ear tags wand and all that and then they go into a holding pen and uh that that hog you know when you asked me which one's kind of stuck in my mind over the years that's probably one that uh i remember to this day in terms of just just how elite he was just just i mean he was a good hog but he you know Everybody talks about bells and whistles, and and, and you got to be a good hog, but you got to have something to kind of set yourself apart. And I think mm-hmm. that hog put a lot of things together extremely well. And like I said before, at uh, one thing that sticks out is is his ear, and then that may sound crazy, but he was so stout, and and, and his ear was stout, and that's kind of when we started. Uh, the phase of not clipping hogs so his his ears were fuzzy and uh i told somebody man that thing looks like a show steer's ears (laughs) i mean they were just they were stout they were stout ears and and i think when we talk about hogs and we talk about stout and 
there's indicators. I mean, whether it's their their ear or their tail or or you know their forearm, they're just they're they just out everywhere. And uh, I think that bear, if I'm not mistaken, ended up grand at San Antonio that year. Uh, but uh, he's the one that kind of sticks out, and and I didn't have anything to do with the bear besides I I uh, put a white tip on him so he could show. But uh, <laughs> he was he he was a good one. He was the one that sticks out in my mind. You know, and I'll bet you know because I kind of remember that when we went from really kind of and we got away from the you know slicking them plum off and and kind of we're leaving a little more body hair on them, but I, I, I'll never forget the first time I saw one that really, I, at the time I probably said, well, they haven't clipped him, you know, he didn't clipped his head, yeah. you know, yeah. and you know, to where we are now, but I'll bet he stuck out, you know, because yeah. even real fuzzy ones like that, they, they do. Right. And there was a, you know, at the, and I can't exactly remember what year that was. It's probably, it might've been 17 or 18. Uh, but uh, you're right. Whenever, whenever that trend started rolling around, and and uh, the, those group of guys that was kind of uh, behind that deal to drive some hogs, and, and I remember we just we did quite a few jackpots during that time. And uh, McCormick was one man. Those hogs would come in there, and they were shaggy. You you thought you know when they first started doing that, you was like, damn, at least pick them up a little bit. Yeah, but, please uh, clean him that up. Was, now we would say, don't get, don't put a set of clippers on that thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just the the difference in the times, and that was when it was a uh, evolving to, uh, you know, if you want to maybe shape a little top up, and that can get a little, that can get a little funky looking if if you're not careful because yeah. it's hard, it's it's hard to blend a head and neck into a full shag body. I mean, it's that's just, right. It's just unless them them hogs are tanned real good or naturally dark. Oh yeah, it it almost looks weird. You, know, you but, got uh, this line, you know, you get on top of them and you got you can see that line of like, hey, we tried to clip a top line in, yeah. and you can see where that where that shag kind of comes off that long. Oh edge yeah, the yeah. Side. yeah. It's it's tricky. Yeah, w- w- when we first started getting into that deal, there were some guys that it. Uh, it's almost like where they they clip them goats, you know, they, they just clip them tops and leave the sides on. Yeah, I mean, yep. it, it, it was like blended that a little bit better, but yep. uh, uh, that was kind of the learning curve of the the shag, I guess. But uh, heck, now, I, 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 of course, I've always, even when we were clipping, I've always told my customers, don't clip the ears and don't clip the tail. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you can shape on the body if you want to, but. Uh, I always thought that the stout of those ears looked and the stout of that tail looked the better off you were. You know, I agree with you. I think, you know, a lot of times people, I, I think people miss what stout ones, sometimes they, they misread those stout ones or they, they try to call one stout that's not. And I, I agree 100% with you. I think those stout ones have those secondary indicators like tail root. They've got big, you know, they've got stout ears. They've got some space between their eyes. They usually got a little stoutness to their jaw. I and I'm glad you brought up form because in my mind that's that's always a good place to try to read them too. In terms, oh of yeah, oh yeah, what's there? You know, I, I've always I've always liked a stout one, a big rib stout one, and and I, I'll I'll you know I'll take a little neck. It don't bother me. Mm-hmm. I mean that uh, uh, some guys you know you call you know with with the feed company it's like man i gotta burn burn the top off this neck what do i do and i was like well that's gonna be a hard one to do but yeah uh 
I've, as a judge, I've always, I've, I, that's never bothered me really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, unless you're ramen after something like that, but yeah. a little crest on your top of your neck, I think that comes with some power. Now, if you can get a powerful one with the slick neck, then then you you've got that elite kind. That's yeah. right. But, uh, That's right. Let's not beat you up just because you got a little crusty neck. Yeah. Let's not let's not forget about all the intangibles a good stock makes by just trying to get that super souped up neck one and we yeah. talk about this every once in a while that sometimes those younger guys and girls will come in there in college and have been producers sometimes that they'll go straight for that jerk necked one and and you're like hey let's let's remember some fundamentals here to livestock and they don't it's not a one trick pony act here like we we need yeah. some extra things that to, we need some body and some mass and some width to be able to put some things on that skeleton yeah. yeah, it's uh, I, I always tell uh, you know, everybody before I kind of start judging, I say, man, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to put a skeleton in these guys with the right angles, and then then I'm going to try to put as much muscle on or yeah. product on these things as I can before it starts compromising things, and that's mm -hmm. that's 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 what I like, and you know the. The, the Missouri hog we talked about, the rib shape and, and that lackey bear that we talked about. About a month ago, I was up at Loy Lake again, uh, judging a show and there was a, a cheetah colored bear that come through there. And, and I mean, he's he's in the, he's probably 150 pounds right now, so I don't want to jinx him, jinx him but uh, that one had the same, same build. I mean, he was, his rib, carriage was unbelievable square and round at the same time uh big leg but he did have that cool look uh, that cool mm -hmm. uh neck and extension on him and uh I, I think you'll probably see him down the road a little bit i mean knock on wood but uh uh there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then but uh, uh he he's he's got the right stick on him so i bet he'll be all right but, uh, you know brian and i talk all the time about like Sometimes when you get in those county fairs and that small jackpot shows, you don't really know how good they are. You're like, man, I think I saw a really good one, but you don't know how good they are until they get up and gets everything else later on in big national yeah. shows and state fairs and things like that. But when you can spot one early and then say, man, I saw that one at 150 pounds and then it wins this and goes on to do this, makes you feel pretty good. But at the yeah, same yeah, time, yeah. it gives you some confirmation that you're seeing some things right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That kind, that kind will be there. He might, he might just be a division or a class winner or something. But uh -huh. uh, yeah, he'll, he'll those kind. You, they don't make those just every day. Yeah, the way this one was built, and uh, I think he was a he was a Mark and Steve Greyhog, mm. but uh, he was he was he was he's pretty elite. When you get to go somewhere and you do see those kind, I always get I, I, I always get I, kind I, of excited. Yeah, I mean every every jackpot or county show or whatever it is, uh, as a judge, you always hope, man, I hope that this one, because realistically, a lot of them are just going to be hogs. And yeah. uh, uh, you know how, how hard it is to, to make one and then how hard it is to get one fed. Yep. So a, a lot of them you think, man, if I could just change that one here or there. But uh, the, the matter of the fact is we can't, some things we can't change. I mean, yeah. but uh, when you do get that one that comes through, and uh, you've been waiting for all day long. You're like, yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
uh, you know, and sometimes it's that last class of the day too. You're like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, I could just imagine what it'd be like at, at you know, like a San Antonio, you know, those guys get just to see a good one after a good one after. Mm-hmm. And they're, I mean, even San Antonio with, you know, 75 in a class, they ain't all going to be good. Yeah. But, uh, but odds are their top end is going to be pretty stout. Yeah. By the yeah. time you get to the top end of those, what gets in the, in yeah. the eight and the top, let's say, yeah. I, I would say if you keep 15, there's probably 15 pretty nice. Oh, yeah. In there. yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, 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 Five or six pretty damn stout ones. Real good ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I mean, if if I get excited about that on on just a Jack Potter County level, I could just imagine those guys are doing those big shows that, you know, you, you get to see them come in back to back to back. Yeah. And then that's when it gets fun. Then you can really start nitpicking on them and say, hey. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I don't have to make excuses for them. These are, this is this, 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 and this. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. I imagine at the end of the day, at that deal, sorting that deal, when you get down to it, you've, you've found your hogs. You're not having, like you said, you don't have to make excuses for them. You're not having to settle, you know, for, well, this one really isn't my kind, but he's, you know, he's okay here, here. You you probably whittled that down at that point to the one that, in your mind, is extremely elite. And oh, yeah. it would be pretty fun. Hey, Chad, man, thank you very much. Uh, I hope we, I hope uh, maybe every year we maybe promote some of your boars and, yeah. and do this again. Cause, cause I believe in what you're doing, my man. And, and I'm going to tell you like listeners, if you're going after some good stock and want to make your red hogs, another generation better. And, and I'm going to tell you, if you're looking for good Chester whites, to puts on some good good females chad will get you lined out and he'll take care of you really good and be honest with you and he's always done that for me and um chad i i value our friendship and i always look forward to talking to you my friend you bet i appreciate it Thanks, chad, thank you for being on here with us we appreciate it man yes sir enjoyed it well hey we want to express again how thankful and, and just what an awesome deal that was to get to listen to chad hill talk a little bit about the hog industry and doing it in Texas and some of the things that go on at those Texas majors in terms of getting them in and out and getting through the sift and getting them in the ring. Obviously, man, we're thankful to have Chad on here, get to talk about the boars a little bit. And I don't know about you, Matt, pretty impressive. Who's your daddy in terms of what some of those guys potentially can sire. I couldn't agree with you more. And listeners, if you have a boar stud or if you have uh, some cattle that you'd like to talk about, maybe, give us an outreach maybe we can highlight them on the who's your daddy segment and we'd love to talk about some really good stock because i know brian and i there's nothing we like to talk about more than good stock that's right matt that's kind of what sparked this whole podcast and speaking of this podcast we've still got one more segment that tends to be a viewer favorite but before we get there we're going to talk a little bit about episode nine because it's something that we've kind of saved up we've talked about and we're pretty excited, so you got to tune in and give episode nine a listen when it drops here in about a week. We're actually going to go through and do a Brian and Matt's top ten of 2023, where we're going to throw some random stuff at you that we thought was pretty cool over the course of the year. We can't wait to hear what you think of it, and I think we're going to have a good time doing it. So make sure and tune in wherever you get your podcasts to listen to episode nine. 
it sounds like we're going to show our true colors of goofiness and a little little bit of clown show, I think, is going to go on with that. That's right. To go all the way back to the Cody Sloan episode, the, the goofball clown side of us probably will be on full display in episode nine. You know, Matt, we talked a second ago there that we've got a segment coming up that tends to be a viewer favorite. And over the course of doing these, I, I will tell you it's something I look forward to every episode. And that's kind of our motivational or inspirational message for the episode. Uh, it does mean a lot of good. And I can tell you, buddy, this week was not a banner week at the old Williams Livestock Homestead in terms of fair one out sows or trying to get litters done. And sometimes if, if you're involved in livestock production, it's just not always going to go your way. And we say that a lot, but man, I know you had that the week before. This week, it kind of showed itself at my house a little bit. And I'm ready for a little bit of motivation and inspiration this week. What do you got for us? Well, I have a really good one that has to do with your hobbies, but uh, I want everybody to kind of listen to something that my dad gave me some advice and a long time ago. And I, people have to realize basically our show season ends in probably August, September, a lot of times when state fairs kind of wrap up and stuff like that. And sometimes when you're farrowing and lambing and things like that, you, you kind of get discouraged and you're like, man, what an awful year this is. Like this couldn't have been worse. And, and I, I've heard from a number of people that they've just struggled in the fairing house and lamb and barns haven't been doing what they should be and doing stuff. And my dad always said, he says, hey, the year's not over yet. You have to determine if the year was good in August. Here's why. It only takes one really, really good one to turn around a, a show season. Only takes one really good one to create those memories. So today, I'm going to kind of lead off of what my dad always said is, hey, the, the year's not over yet. Don't get your daubers too down. And remember this. So the quote I have today uh, came from a former student, Ian Campbell, um, who I taught in my first year teaching at Clopton School. And uh, he had this come along Facebook the other day. And I, I thought it was really fitting for this time, especially with the weeks that you and I have had. He says this, dumping money into your hobby is investing in your passion. Your passion is tied to your purpose. Never let anyone undermine your hobbies. Now, this goes back to something that I've always said to students and people all my life. If you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. So find what your hobbies are. Find out what you're passionate about. Like you, my man, I really admire you. You're passionate about judging pro. You're passionate about what you're doing. And you took a you took a big old dive off the deep end to make sure that that happened. And, and like you said, you've never been happier. And, you know, that might be something that people need to think about. Maybe you're thinking about a change of scenery. Maybe you're take, thinking about, wow, this year in the Farron Barn, it's been so bad and Lamb and Barn or, you know, calving season was awful. You know, it only takes one really, really good one to turn things around. And and I hope that you can remember that. Yeah, Matt, I love that message. And we talk about it every week. There's highs and lows. And uh, if you kind of just keep your eyes on the horizon and say, hey, this has been a bad week. Next week's going to be better. Or like you said, yep, we didn't get as many pigs 
in a litter as we want, or maybe we lost a sow, or we, some of those things that just naturally happen when you're raising livestock. You never know when that next great one is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to look at sometimes those babies at four or five days old and know really the heights that they could achieve come August. And so before you get too down and too defeated, man, think about what the future could hold for you. And a lot of times I think, you know, you can get even back out and find the right path then. And, and I love that, you know, never, never let somebody look down on your passions. And, uh, you know, they don't, people don't have to understand your story. It's not their story. And uh, as long as you're happy and you're doing what you're passionate about and you keep going, moving forward, that's, that's really, I think, one of the keys to happiness in life. I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. And I'm glad, hey, this is a hobby for us. And yeah, you know what? This is something I look forward to every week. And it keeps us kind of on the straight path and kind of aligned and uh, keeps everybody kind of steadied out. I think that's a good thing for us. And I'm glad we've been doing this. And man, I can't wait to see what the year 2024 is going to be like for us and our listeners. And uh, we're already making more friends. And I look forward to seeing what the future has to has to hold. You bet, Matt. You bet. I'm excited about 2024. Great. Well, next week, guys, tune in. We're going to get a little bit goofy. We're going to get a little bit off topic, probably, when we talk about our top 10 moments from 2023. You guys have a happy new year. Have a happy new year. Kind of look after each other. And above all, be nice. <laughs>